0: Everyone, welcome back to the SBK betting podcast. Another week of racing in store as we look ahead to a very busy, festive period and a bit of relief from the team after last weekend. Ross Miller and James Millman joining me. We had a frustrating weekend at Cheltenham, and also for Ross's Cocorico, who had a funny old race, Ross, but we got there in the end. Seeing Martello Sky a winning nap for Ross at six to one at Cheltenham, the final race of the day, and also winning selection for James, and it was added to with a couple of each way hitting the crossbars in the shape of Midnight Shadow, who came in at ten to one, and Zanza, who ran a funny race, was twelve to one second in the Racing Post Gold Cup. So. A slightly frustrating weekend last weekend, but we got there in the end. We keep on delivering those winning selections. And while the country goes into an Omicron spin with Christmas plans on a bit of a tender hook, at least we have racing to keep us busy. And Ross Miller, you are safe in your French chateau with another lovely dashing Polar Neck. And that's all that matters.
1: Don't want to disappoint, Jess. Let's keep going.
0: We're going to start with the 150, the Howden handicap chase on Saturday over two mile, three furlongs. Current prices with SBK, Palmer's Hill coming in this off the back of a good win is four to one. Knight in Dubai, sixes along with Guy. Diego de Chamil, 13 to 2 with financier, Sully Doc 7 to 1, Zugali 12s, Dolos 13s, and it's bigger, the rest. Overall, overall look at this race. I thought there could be some well-handicapped horses here, getting weight of some really inconsistent types, like the likes of Dolos and Sully Doc, just struggling off their current marks. I'll come to you, Ross. How did you look at this race? Because I thought this was particularly tricky.
1: Yeah, I, d- I did. <laughs> I, d- I definitely thought that. Um, I certainly felt fairly quickly I wanted to be against the top two, Palmer's Hill and, and, and Guy. Palmer's Hill was a was a nice winner at Weatherby last time. And in the first half of the race, his jumping was impeccable. But as the tempo quickened, he was a little bit scrappy at, at a number of fences. And it ended up being a closer result than it perhaps should have been. And I just think there's no doubt that Ascot is a much tougher jumping test than Weatherby. Um, I think if they get going a bit quick down the back, it is going to expose his jumping if it's not up to scratch. Weatherby was only a second chase start, so he is entitled to improve in his jumping, but I think he'd need to. And so at a short price, I was prepared to take him on. And then Guy just doesn't win, does he? I mean, he you can go back through his form and look at a race and think, yet next time up in trip, he'd, he'd go close. And he, he just seems to find an excuse not to win. I would slightly question his resolution. And the problem is all the time he's climbing in the handicap. So I got it down to two. One of the ones actually you mentioned as being fairly exposed and a little bit inconsistent, uh, Sully Dock. Um, he's got winning course form uh, back in uh, October last year, beating editor Dejit. So that form looks really good, but he is inconsistent. He then had a good third at the track in November this year. Um, but then followed that up just a week later at Newbury where he ran below par. You could maybe say, did that run come a bit too quick? Um, but he's coming slowly down the weights and I thought he was interesting on this goodish ground, which he, he should appreciate. He was a winner on uh, good ground at uh, the Punchdown Festival uh, over two miles. But the one I think does look thoroughly unexposed is Night in Dubai from the Dan Skelton Yard. Um, he uh, beat Chehalon Munro Six easy lengths at Doncaster two years ago. That horse is now rated 138. Um, he then perhaps followed that and not staying uh, over two mile three in very heavy ground at Haydock um, and then unseated at Cheltenham. He was then away from the track for 18 months and then came back at Aintree at the start of this season, finishing fifth a mistake at the second last there probably took a bit of momentum out of him and he, he plugged on. But he's now down to a really nice mark. The Dan Skelton yard are known for setting their sights on a target and going for it. He's entitled to improve for that first run back, and I thought six to one, he's dropping down the weights. Good ground, this intermediate trip I thought would see him to good effect, and at six to one, I thought he was a, a solid bet.
0: Yeah, the only my only niggle with him, but I am agreeing with you. This is that as you earlier said, you have to jump really well at Ascot, and I couldn't find. A horse in here that I could a 100% rely on, um, especially coming to those last two fences. James, as we both pointed out, horses in here that it, it's it, it's difficult to really over their form. Palmer's still comes here off the back of a good win, but I just thought perhaps knowing this team, JP McManus, John Joe probably have a plan that they're outlining for this horse to get to a race at Cheltenham or the likes. Winning this again and hiking up again might not be ideal. Is there something that you have found outside of the top of the market like Ross has?
2: Yeah, I have. I've taken a chance on one that was a little bit of a dodgy jumper last season. That's financier for Kerry Lee and, and Richard Patrick. Now, this horse is Darty Bread. He's flatbread for him for your son of Dubawi. out of a rainbow Quest mare related to loads of black type performers. Won a point of points, was picked up by the lead team for about £115,000. No show in bumpers, surprisingly, considering his pedigree, and then skipped hurdling completely and went chasing last season. Twenty-five to one shock at Ludlow on his second start over of fences, and then he ran well at Chepstow, second down in Moy off one three five, and he bolted up at Hereford off one three six an eight pound lower mark. He beat Holly William by ten lengths. That horse certainly isn't going to form any harm. Finished third to Papatango Charlie. Who I think's a very progressive horse. The other day at um, I think it was Carlisle. And ultimately, he's three. All three wins have come at right-handed tracks, and it does seem to be producing much better performances on a right-handed track. So, if his jumping stands a test, which is a big if, because he did take a, a few liberties last season, I think Lee's horse is a an interesting improvement and in, in a very open handicap. You've got the old boys that are perhaps on the, the downward spiral a little bit, but are well handicapped. Horse like Guy, as Ross says, 17 pound higher in his last win, and, and despite running well. He doesn't know like changing that. And the favourite, Palmers Hill, obviously deserves to be favourite because he's got a lightly race profile and, and they really backed him heavily in his chase debut last year, which was a disaster at Taunton, but uh, give him a year off and, and he was much better Returned defences at Weatherby last time. So financier for
0: James, um, you can get that currently at SVK at 13 to 2. Um, I'm with Ross siding with uh, Night in Dubai. I think the skeleton team are probably plotting out with this with this horse how to get him back on the straight Now he Does need to jump, um, as do a lot of these horses, and he's currently six to one uh, for the 150. The Howden handicap chase, um, which will which is the first race we've looked at. We're going to head on into the 225, which is the feature race at Ascot's, the Grade One, the Howden Long Walk Hurdle over three mile half a furlong. And Buzz is currently two to one favourite. Time Hill, who just touched off in this race last year, three to one. Ronald Pump, coming over from Ireland, is at sixes. Champ, the bit of the fly in the ointment, he's eight to one. Paisley Park, looking to win this for the third year in a row, is tens. Thomas Derby, elevens on the blind side, nineteen to one. Lisnagar Oscar, twenty nine to one. Third Wind, forty one to one. Must say, first of all, a great feel about this race, a really good look to it. It's a lot of strength and depth. Um, There are, it's probably the best of the the British uh, three mile division. Um, Ronald Pump coming into this brings in that sort of extra element with his form tying in with honeysuckle. So it's a true grade one, which we like to see. Obviously we've been through a bit of a journey with buzz from Cesare to the coral hurdle. And the question that everyone is either going one side or the other, Ross, is does he stay? And that's what we'll, we'll find out on Saturday. And you're, you're thinking, your thoughts?
1: Uh, t- tin hat on. Um, my thoughts are he, he clearly looks like he should stay in that, you know, two mile two on the flat, you'd be hopeful that they'd stay three miles over hurdles. Um, and, I, and I hope he does stay because I think it's a weak division that's looking for a star and he could be it. But I just can't quite get away from the fact that he travels so well for a stayer, and when you think of the really great stayers, big bucks as an example, they tend to travel slightly behind the bridle and conserve a little bit of energy so at the price, and it purely was a price thing, two to one, I'd want to be very confident backing at two to one, the horse I'm backing is going to stay. I'm not quite there with buzz, um so I've looked elsewhere. Um, But you have to say it's going to be a brilliant race. I mean, of the nine, even third win, the Outsider, is a grade two winner of the Rendlesham last year. Um, It's very hard, I thought, to discount anything. And they all have their questions to answer. Buzz, is he going to stay? Paisley Park, is he the horse he he was? uh, Champ, is he as effective over hurdles? Tyne Hill, can he put the French run behind him? Um, So Paisley Park, I thought, was very interesting in that, He certainly showed he had his zest for life back last time uh, at Newbury, but they just got racing far too far out. He was lit up with the cheap pieces. Um, And I think Tom Bellamy maybe is an interesting booking. Aidan Coleman has done nothing wrong, but I think maybe a fresh set of eyes, a sort of no preconceived ideas about how the horse is going underneath you could just see Paisley Park back to his best. And they have gone for a tongue tie um, to try and sort of, negate the effect of this flat spot that he hits. Um, if that works, then he's he, he's bang there. Champ, I think, is as talented as any in the field. You know, stamina to win an RSA and the speed to win a game spirit, you'd have to say marks him out as a fairly smart sort. His jumping went to bits at Cheltenham Festival last year. He's had his back operation. Um, and, and I think Hurdles is perhaps going to help his back hold up to the rigours of the of the game maybe um i've actually had a little bit of an anti-post bet on him for the for the cheltenham stayers uh, hurdle because i think if he runs well here i think there's every chance they could keep him over hurdles but he is a keen going sort and i just wonder where the first time out he's gonna over race and that was the reason they gave last year for going for the game spirit they didn't want to go over three miles with him because he could be a bit keen and and, and maybe fall in a bit of a hole tyne hill the french run okay french racing is very different but the worrying thing for me was he got outpaced going down the back and they weren't going quick. It was a typical French race. You know, they tend to go fairly slow and then sprint up the straight. And he got outpaced before they were really kicking. That, for me, is a bit of a concern. Um, the horse I came down on was on the blind side, Who it isn't the most obvious, I admit. But I just thought he got racing a long way out at, at Newbury, along with Paisley Park. And he saw Paisley Park off by eight lengths. He was only beaten two lengths by Thomas Darby. um, And at the weights, he came out the best horse. He's eight points and nine points bigger than Thomas Darby and and Paisley Park. And I just thought that was too big. Um, He's been in good form. Uh, He's had some good form at Ascot previously. And I just thought at 19 to one in a race where I would happily give a a solid nod to to most of them, I let price, price dictate and 19 to 1 on the blind side, I thought was a, a standout price, really.
0: 19 to 1, he sure is currently with SBK. He is a horse that I'm most certain will go on and bowl along and set a good gallop, which will suit a lot of these horses. I think it will suit guys. Um, I think it will be a, a big benefit to him that it's a truly run race. And perhaps with the ground not as testing as it was last year. It won't be such a slog. Um, which will be a benefit to a couple of these horses. Um, it's fascinating to hear Ross's uh, opinions on how it's going to develop, James. From where you're sitting, from where how you've looked at it, do you, is there are there points that you agree or disagree with?
2: Bad Ross, bad, bad Ross not on the Buzz <laughs> podcast so, to not be putting him up. That's, that's not good. Uh, he talks a lot of sense, so and I think he the point he makes about the price differential on the blind side. And the horses you ran in against Newbury last time, I think that's valid. I agree about Time Hill in France. Not too sure what to make of that return. Um, you can easily put a line through it, but again, it was so bad, and obviously we've not seen him since. Uh, look, Buzz. He's stayed so well on the flats in, in Seattle two mile two and where he outstayed um William Mullins' horse burning victory under a, a determined Ocean Murphy. That suggests to me he will keep finding the pressure and he's done that And his two goes at two and a half. Abracadabra way well, around an absolute stormer, And I think in a stronger race at Aintree, I thought he saw it out to the line really well. And then our friend song for someone who let us all down last week, he outbattled him and guard your honor, obviously got a form a nice boost finishing third. He went on to win at Cheltenham. So his form is working out well. Ross is spot on. The division's weak. Um, you're making a cracking decision to go for the staying division because it's up for grabs. Uh, Paisley Park has been a credit to Emma Lavelle and, and her team but the star's been on the wane for a couple of seasons now and, and despite the chic pieces last time, he ran his race the wrong way around but the end result was still still very similar so yeah, Bad Ross is probably right in the fact the price is skinny enough but, but at 2-1 to one, I think he is our most likely winner your main danger for me would be the Irish Raider uh, Ronald Pump, who he ran a cracker once again behind Honeysuckle last time, strong form, his third classical dream at down um we didn't see him in between uh fairy house and Punchdown last year so he's actually going to see more of him this time around i just think he's a cracking horse for connections and he's your main danger but uh i think we're all team buzz apart from ross
0: <laughs> apart from ross that's fine ronald pump has been attracting a good bit of support um and he's in six to one now after the declarations and definitely deserves to be in this race and have a good chance of it he's been a bit of a second third horse in the past just running into good horses must say i think buzz yes he does travel very strongly but he can be quite lazy as well in parts in his races and i don't think that's a bad thing when it comes to this i think he traveled into the second final hurdle uh, very very strongly to show to us that he should be staying three miles and that's confirmed by nico confirmed by james bowen after uh, the entry hurdle hence why we are here so we will see how this develops on Saturday but for James it's Buzz at 2 to 1 and Ross on the blind side at 19 to 1 um, and I'm going to sit out of it if that's all right um, but just for this time only um, right we'll head on to the three o'clock the Howden Silver Cup Handicap Chase um, this race um, which again has got some brilliant all oh, handicappers coming to this the likes of Cloth Cap gives it a really nice feel to it running over three miles this race and we've got Bellamy depicted on for the Venetia Williams team who've been throwing out the winners and that um, the, this horse's form has been franked after Snow S, um won the Beecher backing up the banger victory where this horse was fourth. Um, that, this horse four to one currently. Grand Sansi is 13 to two and Sam's sevens with cloth cap and regal encore. Jerry's backs at eight with Caribbean boy check outs, 10 storm control, 15 to one, Phoenix way, 15 to one. Valtor 17s with step back and Dinon's complete set with a hundred to one to one. Unlike the earlier race, um, I'll come back. I'll come to you, um, James, to have your thoughts on this. Unlike the earlier uh, handicap chase that we see, I thought that this had a little bit more quality. Um, yes, there's some horses slipping down the weights. I think Grand Sansi's is on a quite a nice mark now, but the likes of the J. P. Manners runners, Roy, Regal Encore, Jerry's Back, they've all got you know serious form on their on their game on their A day. Um, but they are also some sort of likable horses that sort of are, are coming up the weights too.
2: Yeah, most definitely, and Venetia's. Bellamita picked on is a horse. who's had a lot of problems, a lot of absences. Back in November 2017, he was second to wait impatiently in, in the graduation. Colin Parker at uh, Carlisle, he ran an absolute stormer. Missed 18 months after that, and he came back. He was fourth at Cheltenham, and I think it was the Paddy Power, uh, behind Happy Diva. And then he was disappointing uh, a couple of times. Missed what, another 18 months and, and ran a, a crack on his return at Banger behind Snow Leopard S, who's done the form. No harm at all. He's definitely the best treater to probably off one, three, five. The issue is he's 10 years old now. Can he actually get his head back in front again? So that's a slight question mark, but he, he probably deserves to, to be one of our market leaders. Cloth cap. I thought he ran a cracker at Newbury and Labrook. The problem is he had a very hard race. He got very tired, uh, taking on cloudy Glenn from quite an early stage down the home straight. And, and he was very weary. I just worry three weeks since then, it, it may be too soon. So for me, I've taken a chance on a second dodgy jumper, which is probably not great at Ascot. But, and Sam, I was impressed with him over hurdles this season. I thought he just didn't take a great cut at his hurdles under Isabel Williams last time. So, the fact he only got beat five lengths, I think, reads well. He took defences nicely around Ludlow. His win uh, beating Fidele Vallis looks good. And he's £7 higher um, on, on the ratings, 1-3-4. Ignore Sandown back in March. And I think Evan Williams' team... He runs a lot of horses, but the ones that, that have a chance are, are tend to go close. So I think his stringer still in pretty good form. And Adam Wedge back on board's got to be a positive. So Ansam out of Bathwick, Annie, who was such a, a superstar for the owner's Bathwick tyres um, back in the day. Sam could be another useful individual for Evan Williams. So seven to one in a tight race. You wouldn't be going wrong going each way on Ansam.
0: Yeah, in the cool Cody Colours, who had that spectacular victory at Cheltenham last weekend. Um, as you say, Adam Wedge is on board the Evan Williams team. This horse only six. I couldn't believe it. They and Evan Williams likes to do this with the horses, make most of their handicap marks um and, and switch back and forward. So I think that's really interesting and, and coming into this off a mark of one, three, four. But there's a big ask against some horses who are really confirmed and um, staying chasers who know how to jump and, and jump well, Ross. Um when you looked at this, um, you know, for me, I, 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 lo- I love giving Cloth Cap another another chance. Going down four pounds um, is a bit of a gift, really, for a horse of this quality.
1: Yes, but you wonder whether they're going to want a bit more of a gift with an eye to a, a bigger target, perhaps in the in the spring. Um, I took the view that they probably had designs on winning a second Ladbrook. and if that wasn't the going to happen then then maybe his his season would be geared around getting down to a sort of competitive mark to have another go at the at the national um i just thought the ground was crucial here in that i agree entirely with uh, james bellamy to on is, is definitely potentially the best treated but you just get the suspicion that this ground could be lively enough for him grand sancy is a horse that i've never truly had an awful lot of time for i think he has flattered to see on too many occasions he is a pound lower and it it was a step in the right direction last time um and then regal encore you know he probably is going to want softer ground jerry's back uh i actually mentioned on the on the very first podcast and and he still carried most of that fence with him um and sam as james said is He's potentially well-treated, but he's jumping. and going to have to pass the muster. Caribbean boy is sort of in no man's land. Um, so the one I came down on, slightly speculatively, is, is Veltor, who was with Nicky Henderson and had a peak mark of 160. Um, he's now down to 138 and has moved to, to the Rowley team, who are doing very well in their first season, training under rules, having previously been spectacular in point-to-point scene. Um, a mark of 138 he ran very nicely at Perth I thought on on proper quick summer ground where he got outpaced turning in and then did stay on very nicely under under Ben Bromley who'll claim seven here um, and if the ground didn't get too quick and if the ground was on the slower side particularly from sort of Swindley bottom up allowing him to latch onto the back he's got good course form around here um, and I thought at, Again, a slightly bigger price in a race that I didn't have a, a strong opinion on. Uh, Seventeen to one, I thought was a fair price to run into the places, or if not, a bit a bit better. Ben Bromley's very good for seven pound. I, I I was surprised he was still claiming seven, and crucially for a for a Saturday handicap, he's got plenty of experience. You know, he's been used by by some good trainers in some big races, um, so he's he's not going to be all at sea. You would hope.
0: In his pomp, Valtor rated 160, and that was only two years ago. Um, He's now down onto a mark of 138. He is 12, age not quite on his side, but they've clearly freshened him up and kept him going. Also owned by Anthony Bromley, Ben's father. So I think it's a nice horse for Ben to make the most of these opportunities. Um, And 17 to 1, currently with SBK, is quite a decent price um, for a horse that's done bigger things and better things back in back in the day. I thought that this race, um, there was a horse in here that has got similar form lines with Bellamy depicted on, and that's Check It Out, also with a form line with Snow Leopardess, um, was 16 lengths behind her at Aintree. I thought ran pretty well on, on heavier ground, also ran well at this at Ascot behind Larry. He did jump left, but I think he's learning. He's a younger horse, whereas Valtor is the 12-year-old. I think Check It Out is seven perhaps, Um, is much younger. He's still sort of working out how to jump, how to race. Um, I think he's got an improvement in him and there are a good few of these are exposed. I think Valtor uh, could be one of them. Um, And currently he is 10 to one. So that's where I'm leaning. And the Twist and Davis team, weekend after weekend, we see Sam riding like a demon possessed, as we've said on this podcast a few times before. Um, So... That's uh, James with Anne Sam at seven to one. Myself will check it out at tens and Ross getting big prices everywhere uh, with seventeen to one for Valtor. We'll head to the final race that we're looking at for this weekend, which is the three thirty-five, the Betfair Exchange Trophy over uh, just shy of two miles. This is always a cracking race. We saw Not So Sleepy win last year. Now Gray One winner, he just beat Buzz um, into second. And we've got no ordinary Joe in this race at four to one current favorite West Cork at 11 to two with Samarive one more for the road at 11s big uh, price jump there. Gary Claremont twelves with Benson. Goshen is fascinating here of top weight at 13s lateral lad 13s Metier and Dratonic 15 to one drop the anchor 17s and it's bigger prices for the rest of them. But I th- go back through the, through the years Ross, we've seen horses, um, like Hunter's Cool, who was only third in the international the other day, run well. Uh, win this race, um, as I said, not so steep. He's won this twice in a row. There's usually a horse that's just fringing on handicapped or graded company. Is there a horse like this in this race this year?
1: I think there's probably three, isn't there? Sort of obvious ones: uh, No Ordinary Joe, West Cork, and 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 Samarive. Um, the, the 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 trick is trying to pick out which one of those is is best suited to this. To this test, um, samariv was was brilliantly impressive at, at Sandown, but the ground had got soft. Um, and I just wonder whether he's going to be quite as effective now on better ground, up 11 pounds. Um, that, that put me off, and a fairly quick turnaround for just a, a four year old. Um, and I would be not surprised to see him winning, but I just had a couple of questions about him. Um, I thought the Greatwood form was. Was particularly strong. Um, no Ordinary Joe was very keen throughout the race. I don't imagine it was the plan to get as far forward as they ended um, up being. Um, and and the result of that was that Harry Skelton had a target on No Ordinary Joe up the straight at Cheltenham for West Cork to aim at. Um, and I think that certainly helped. Um, I just wondered whether, with the bit of freshness out of No Ordinary Joe, he's got a five pound pull at the weights. Um, if he could just find a bit more cover and come with a slightly more delayed run, I could see him reversing the form. Um, One more for the road is very interesting, but when you watch his races, he's been well ridden to dictate off a fairly slow pace and and quicken it to his fractions when he wanted. Whether they're going to be able to do the same in a a bigger field handicap, I wouldn't be so sure. And then the other two that just were interesting at the start of the week when the ground was soft was Goshen and Landon Lad. Ladd. Landon Arbo Ladd has got good form around Ascot behind my Drogo last year, finishing in front of No Ordinary Joe. And then his run last time at Bangor, you can upgrade, uh, first run back after a wind up, Hunter's Call has gone on to run very well in the international, but I think both of them would have needed the rain to come this week and stay soft. So No Ordinary Joe for me, I thought four to one was a fair price to turn the form around with West Cork, who could be subject of the bounce factor. You know, that mammoth effort after a huge layoff, you see it happen. Um, so those were the, the, the thoughts. And I thought no ordinary joke, four to one was a decent price.
0: James, as we've, as Ross was saying, a lot of these horses could be potential, much better horses going, sort of making their way through the handicap. Um, and there are plenty of these who haven't had a hard time based on their good last runs, a lot of them coming into into this with wins or good seconds under their names and, and, and possibly um, could be well handicapped with Goshen sort of making it uh, easier for them with such a big handicap mark.
2: Yeah, I'm going to agree with Ross about one more for the road. I thought that was a cracking Jack and front-running ride when they let him get away. I, I can't see it happening again, but um, that remains to be seen. It's big Goshen dropping back to two miles. and I just felt he might have been a little bit flattered last time and he's £9 higher than Huntingdon, uh, and also I think both Ross and, and SBK market makers have got it right because no ordinary Joe I think he's four to one West Cork 11 to two yes they were first and third uh, and the great winner Cheltenham but as Ross said Nico did not want to be making a running and he basically ran away with him so the fact he managed to only get beat a couple of lengths uh, I'd be quite surprised to be honest if he didn't reverse the form especially as he's better off at the weights but Samarive, they. I think he looked very good at uh, Sandown just a fortnight ago. It may be soon enough, but um, Paul probably didn't have anything else really to target this race with. And he looks a really progressive handicap hurdler. I'm not too worried about the grounds purely because he bounced off the good ground at Kempton back in April when he won a, a weak novice, but he won it by 13 lengths and just disappeared in the closing stages. Suggests that a flat track and, and a quicker surface um, wouldn't be a problem. He's just a bit too keen at Cheltenham. When Lorcan Williams rode him in that conditional jockeys' race, and that's a race where where trainers always target a well handicapped horse, so they knew they knew what they had at the start of the season. It just didn't quite go to plan when he finished seventh at Cheltenham. So Samarive, they he is my one for what's uh, a shame as a smallish field, just a fourteen for the better third hurdle, but um, it's still competitive. And I will just end it. I'll agree about landed no lad. I thought he had a cracking each way chance. Just the ground drying out has got to be a a little bit of a negative i think um he might just get a little bit outpaced at a vital stage but he was he was one that was overpriced but you have got three head in the market that have got quite solid form so um it might be dominated by those at the top but samarive is the, the one for me
0: and a lad is 19 to one samarive up 11 pounds for that win at sandown that's a big ass for a young horse four-year-old with with uh lacks a lot of big race Experience, but interesting cases for all of these horses. Um, I'm going to stick for one more for the road, despite the guys being completely opposing me uh, and my views for it. So, like to see how this race develops. So, that's the end of our look at the at the three main races um, of the weekend, uh, four main races of the weekend. Um, as always, we we'll always look at our naps um and this is where we were saved last week um and our next best as well and remember new SBK customers get their first 40 pound in bets refunded as cash if they lose and um, we were lucky last week Marto sky was able to do the business but there are a couple that just got pipped um, so let's hope that we can find some more winners for you again so i'll head to ross first for your nap and your next best
1: so my nap comes in the 240 from Haydock, the Tommy Whittle chase. Um, and I'm hoping remastered will be none the worse for his fairly heavy fall in the Ladbroke at Newbury, where I think he would have gone very close. He was travelling well, jumped well up until that point. The one good thing about the fall coming where it did is that his mark has remained unchanged. This softer ground will suit. He was entered at Ascot, but you presume they have come here for the softer ground, maybe a, a slightly easier race. And I think he is better left-handed so I thought at uh, seven to two, he was my nap. And then my next best also comes at Haydock in the 3.15, uh, and it's Mr. Harp. Uh, he possibly needed his reappearance run um, and then ran a decent race next time at Sandown, went fifth on ground that's probably a bit too quick, but he stayed on well up the hill. He's now down three pound to a mark of I think he's better than that. And the softer the ground at Haydock, the better for him. Uh, and I thought he'd outrun his odds.
0: Great, that's 10-1, to 1, Mr Harp. 7-2, to 2, remastered for Ross. And James, your sections, please.
2: I'm not going to nap, Buzz, even though I think you've got a, a cracking chance this weekend. I'm going to go for Samarive. I was really impressed with, with the Sandown's success. Uh, yes, he's gone up £11, but for me, he looked like he could have carried a fair bit more. Uh, he's won at Kempton on, on a flatter track, on quicker ground, so with a slightly easier condition, shouldn't be a problem. And, and I just felt... Um, he's that real progressive type and uh, he is at the nap of the weekend and the other one i'm taking a chance on financier jumping perhaps not the best um but the fact that Lee went straight f- uh, chasing instead of a hurdling campaign suggests that when he gets it right he could be quite nice in a sphere and his two wins especially the hereford win he looked pretty good so he's one that i think uh, we're on a cracking race in the 150
0: so that's 13 to two for Financier and as you say, Samarive at 11 to two. And um, for myself, um, I'm going off to Haydock as well for my nap, um, looking uh, for a horse, which I think has been quite well placed by the Ollie Murphy team. He has that form, which links a lot of the horses, um, links back to Gal Road, which also links um, to No Ordinary Joe. And um, that is a horse called Mackle who runs in the two mile three furlong handicap hurdle? He's 130. Uh, the Ollie Murphy team in great form. I think they could probably have gone to a, probably a more competitive race for that than this. But he's on the same mark as he was when he was third at Cheltenham earlier on in the season uh, on a mark of 122, two, which is a pretty nice mark. And um, I think they could have found a good race for him there at Haydock. Outside of that, my next best um i'm going for check it out um in the halden silver cup at three o'clock at 10 to one i think he's got some form in the book does he to jump which we said about a lot of these horses um today and ask is as a good jumping test but i think he's learning and he could get everything um into one place for this weekend so that is it for another weekend of racing all set for ask it for grade one action um we hope that we've given you a few insights and some winners for this weekend make sure to like subscribe and we've got a busy old time coming up with christmas and plenty of racing happening in between christmas and the year and uh, we'll be back to preview some of the main races as the entries come out for that so thanks to ross thanks to james and we'll be back again for another sbk betting podcast